Hey guys, Bryce here from Flex Cortex. All content on the Flex Cortex podcast is for educational and entertainment purposes. It is not a substitution for medical advice from a qualified health professional. Thank you and enjoy the podcast. back to Flex Cortex. Today we will be covering some key aspects of injury prevention. This will entail movement, prep, sleep, nutrition, and recovery work. Um, one of the first areas we're going to kind of talk about is nutrition. Uh, you need to have your proper micronutrients and macronutrients that we kind of talked about before, uh, especially protein when you're uh, working out, just because this is actually like uh, the building block for your muscle building. And also just for general cell repair and cell replication. So uh, it's super important for the body. Uh, and that can actually, well, uh, that'll help your body repair itself. Because when you're working out, your muscles tear uh, during that hypertrophy. So mm-hmm. it's going to be just something that helps, you know, get you back. And that's really important for the injury prevention. Because if you keep doing that, you're going to keep tearing and not give enough time for your muscle to grow back and like respond. Yeah, and then there's the whole protein synthesis thing, right? Yeah, exactly. So yeah. I like that kind of ties into also having like enough energy. You need to have enough calories to actually burn to get through a workout. Uh, otherwise, you can become over fatigued, uh, which can lead to injury. Especially if you're uh, diabetic, this can lead to things like hypoglycemia, uh, which can be super dangerous. Uh, if you know that's what you have. Uh, Usually your body's pretty good, especially if like your nutrition is relatively okay most of the time to deal with some like fasting and uh, especially like intermittent fasting. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in those cases with like diabetes and stuff and other metabolic disorders, it can be really uh, dangerous not to have the right calories. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But yeah, you, your body needs to have those calories to actually adequately respond to the strain, right? Yeah. It's actually interesting because right now i have a client who is actually doing ramadan and uh so we were talking about nutrition like last week yeah so he has to well not obviously not eat throughout the day um but they can eat from sunset till sun up sunrise so like i guess it depends on where you are but it leaves you like a decent window but then obviously they, they can't eat or drink throughout the whole day yeah uh, uh, a uh, a very interesting uh, thing to have to work around nutrition wise uh, mm. just to get the appropriate you know like meet your energy needs for especially a workout program Cause, yeah. Uh, yeah it's it's a month long it's not like uh, it's a thing where you want to skip out on working out for a month yeah it's 20 I think you said it's 28 days yeah yeah, yeah. So, and you know what, like, uh, at least right now, cause like it kind of shifts every year where it is, but like, uh, (laughs) it lasts a little bit. It's been in the summer, like, uh, May. Yeah. May. So it's been, uh, pretty hard. Cause like it's, that's when it's starting to get really warm. It's sunny, sunny out most places in the world. Uh, sorry, Australia and most parts of Africa, but, uh, yeah, it's one of those things. Yeah, I, I believe. Let me just check. Actually, sorry. 
Uh, Ramadan. Yeah, Tuesday, April 13th uh, till the 12th of May. Yeah. So I think like a, uh, a month, yeah. when I was in Ukraine, actually, uh, Ramadan was going on, and I went in May, and it was pretty much like almost all of May, and that was like a couple years ago. So it, you know, like the general shift, but I know uh, the few people that I was uh, working alongside, uh, there was some people from Nigeria, uh, who were pra- uh, practicing Ramadan and like, uh, <laughs> I did not envy them for uh, not being able to eat, but it was really cool just to see the discipline and like willpower uh, yeah, through totally. faith and stuff. So, yeah, it's really cool. I, I uh, obviously I had to talk to him about his plan and what we're going to be doing for the month, right? Because obviously it changes the whole approach to training, but more or less just trying to focus on just getting in and just maintaining more or less because you can't really be seeing a ton of progress I wouldn't say with having to have all of your meals from the evening till sunrise right so yeah mainly the biggest thing right now is just um getting into the gym and being able to some maintain that habit and like establish that routine still over the course of the month and then the shift will obviously change once he's back eating semi-regularly again. But it was just interesting. I uh, figured it was a cool thing to bring in with the nutrition aspect. Yeah. And, it, you know, it it does challenge some things, like, within nutrition. As you know, with uh, the fitness industry, there's always these um, sometimes trends, but sometimes new scientific research that says, like, uh, things like carb loading or, you know, protein timing after workouts. So having your protein shake afterwards to give yeah. your uh, body the protein it needs that we talked about. Uh, yeah, like to... the magic window. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, end of the day, if you're still getting protein at night in Ramadan, it's still going to help repair. But, yeah, you're mm-hmm. right. Like, uh, the the timing is going to be off. So, yeah, you're not going to just see uh, – you're not going to have as much energy during your workouts. You're not going to uh, necessarily yeah. be getting it during that – that magic window so yeah yeah so yeah the biggest thing is that it'll probably just alter the recovery time and then it'll obviously just affect how much energy he has due to affecting like glycogen stores right for his workout yeah Um, exactly just depending when he actually eats but he said sometimes if you're eating it's not it's like noon or or sorry not noon 12 (laughs) a.m so like so obviously super late right and you, then you're not if let's say you're able to eat till four or five but then you're not allowed to eat again until that following evening at like 10 o'clock so it's just trying to eat as much as you can in that time frame but it's interesting i uh found it very very cool and fascinated by different religions and cultures yeah it's good to it's good to learn and expand about that um, oh yeah yeah all right. One of the other things uh, that's super important, uh, which kind of actually ties into Ramadan, uh, considering you have to eat between uh, sunset and sunrise, is sleep. Yep. Uh, it's one of the most uh, underrated contributors to recovery. And that's not even like recovery just for workouts. That's recovery for everything. Uh, when you're sick, you need your uh, adequate amount of sleep. Otherwise, you will not get better uh, as quickly 
or at all if you're not getting enough sleep. I sleep um, for like I sleep like hours when I'm sick, like hours. Yeah, exactly, and like uh, I I know a lot of people will feel it. You feel so much better sometimes after you've taken like a good sleep when you're sick, and you're like, how did I like recover so quickly? Um, just in that time frame and that was because when your body was off it actually got to focus on other things uh to actually start repairing your body and fight off the infection or uh whatever illness you're fighting interesting yeah uh so one of the important things is good quality sleep and consistent sleep schedule uh if you can because this will do wonders for just your sleep schedule in general but also help with your recovery and allow your muscles to actually like rebuild themselves uh in a better way also helps with like your brain health and uh other things like that at at least that's the theory for why sleep's important it's to help uh reinforce those memories that you're making throughout the day the short term into the long term uh but also just to give your body that shutdown so that you can actually it can it can repair itself yeah yeah, totally. And I find sleep is like like we mentioned before, one of the most underrated things. People can like you can be training like really consistently, training hard, and maybe even eating really well. But if you're sleeping like four hours a night, you're limiting yourself so much. So like we talked about, just trying to get a consistent sleep. Um, obviously trying to figure out what works for your schedule, but also getting like quality sleep too. Um getting that full REM, um, obviously not waking up every couple hours if you can avoid it, um, which is obviously affected by what you're consuming before bed. So obviously just avoiding um, high caffeine products, so like chocolate, um, obviously pre-workout and coffee, coffee. and everything. <laughs> yeah, probably the biggest things. Or pop too, right? Like some pops even have caffeine in them or, or yeah, pretty high in 100%. caffeine. Yeah, uh, another thing is actually uh, workouts too close to bedtime. Uh, for some yeah. people, anyway, it can uh, get you kind of up, amped up, and in that adrenaline state. So like, you need to kind of you need to have like a uh, cool down period basically before bed. Um, mm. And that's like your where your nighttime routines are really helpful. Where you're like, you'll brush your teeth, you'll go pee at that time, you'll like maybe have like a nice warm shower so that your body kind of starts to uh, cool down and like uh in response to that so it, it yeah. sounds counterintuitive taking a warm shower because like your body loves when you're cold uh for sleeping uh, not cold but like cool um, yeah yeah it's like a like a ritual kind of like or like a not a ritual but like routine yeah exactly yeah, yeah. so and that's one of the ways you can have uh, good sleep if you're someone who uh does sleep a little bit into the day because of shift work or whatever like invest in good blackout curtains some nice earbuds uh like earplugs anyway uh even a blindfold if you need to and like just keep your place dark cool um and that'll kind of help you stay asleep during that entire time yeah i'd say that's probably one of the biggest things that um i find my clients struggle with um they might train really really well but progress might be stalling um as in regards of recovery or um, weight loss and uh, usually a major culprit is just sleep so try to be as consistent as you can obviously 
know there's obviously some things that affect your sleep that you can't control, but just do the best you can and control what's in your, in your control, and uh, you'll see a lot of progress that way. Yeah, no, exactly. Agreed. Yeah, but um, one, we'll get into me the more um, movement and physical side now of recovery. Um, one of the big things that I highly recommend would be a massage. So I would say getting a maintenance massage like once a month is probably a good way to start with that. Um, myself, personally, I wasn't really doing that before. Um, so I'm trying to make a better habit of that. Um, going once a month and if you're experienced enough or if you're a body aware enough, go in with um, areas to recommend to your RMT to actually work on. Like for me, I am at the point now where I can go into her and tell her like, what's bothering me um but then also obviously she's an expertise when it comes to massage so if there's other areas i need to work on then i'll obviously just let her do that but um, i've been trying to go once a month and i do find it's helping my recovery process and helping keep the injuries relatively low right i mean the chronic ones anyways yeah um and like i know with covid there's some like restrictions still about how often you get in but rmts mm. are still available by appointment yeah. uh so try and get in um and then you know if you can't afford it or anything like that just make sure you're focusing more on like uh some of the things that we've talked about and bryce will continue talking about with like uh different movement preps and mobility but really like massage is really beneficial so if you can afford it like go go get a nice massage it's nice and relaxing too Totally, totally. Sometimes. Yeah, it's, uh... <laughs> so, yeah, sometimes, like, with the deep muscle, it's... Uh... I think the relaxing is used very loosely, right? Yeah, exactly. You feel relaxed, like, afterwards, because you feel, like, better and a little bit more loose. You've had a massage, right? Yeah. Dude, the worst is, like, the quads in your calves. Oh, that yeah. Is, that is, like, the worst. Especially if you've done, like, a leg day, like, oh, the last man. couple days. Like, oh, man. Oh, man. My calves are always just oh, the worst. Holy. Whenever I go in, it's always a trouble area. And the quads, just because there isn't a ton of body fat on my quads. So, like, yeah, it's just brutal. It's brutal. Yeah. But the muscles feel like great afterwards, though. Well, like a while afterwards, but still. Dude, I get like doms from massage. <laughs> really? Yeah, I get like a day or two after i get doms it's like a, the day after is pretty bad usually man well, i mean like it's part of the recovery <laughs> yeah i think it's just your 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 body's way of just trying to recover because like we will talk about it a little bit today but um massage is like a form of myofascial release obviously right so it is your body trying to treat and repair like what you're actually getting done to your body so it does make sense like why you're really sore after and how important nutrition is yeah 100 percent. yeah um, what is myofascial release oh there's a layer of fascia over top of your muscle right so the way that we learned about fascia in schools like imagine like um, there's a tree branch and imagine like there's a spider web on top of the tree branch the spider web would be like the connective tissue and that's kind of like the fascia. So when you're doing like any kind of foam rolling, what you're usually doing is you're actually rolling out the fascia first. 
So when you're getting a massage, you're more likely probably getting the fascia um, and and then the tissue, right? So it's like the soft tissue. Cool. Yeah, but it's more or less known as like the soft tissue. But yeah, the next thing we'll uh, we'll jump into here is some movement prep and some other recovery stuff. But my my one big question is, should you just should you just jump into your workout? Is full sending okay? And the very common one, isn't the bar just warming up? Uh, I'll actually answer all of these. Uh, yes, uh, yes, and uh, yeah, yeah. It, the bar totally is warming up. And that's the episode. Thanks, guys. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, so yeah, we'll we'll jump into it a little bit more here. Um, so one of the important things with movement prep is having a plan for every workout that you do. So your movement prep should help you get into positions that you need to get into for your workout. Um, It's also going to help assess you day to day. So usually with most of my clients, we do a regular assessment once a month, but I do assess them every session by doing these movement preps, um, pretty much just seeing their capability and their ability to get into these positions unloaded before we get into them loaded. Um, It's a good chance to see if one area needs more attention than the other, um, and if maybe there's something that I need to implement in specifically for that day. Um, and then from there, going into corrective exercise at first, but then eventually getting to the point of where we can just exercise correctly via exercise selection and having in that versus having um, corrective movements at the beginning. So an example of that would be um, a T-spine extension on a foam roller for a newer client, but eventually getting to the point of where they can do a dumbbell pullover because you're doing active T-spine extension versus just doing it on a foam roller, um, more time efficient, and you're actually working more muscles at one time, getting the best bang for your buck. Um, so then that way we're not wasting your time, obviously. Um, and the, the goal shouldn't be to keep your client on the foam roller. If the client stuck on the foam roller in six months to a year from now, then you've been doing them a disservice. It's what I think. Yeah. And like, even as people who, it's hard for beginners, uh, because beginners won't necessarily know their own body to the point, like after it being under stress, because you know, like when you start working out, especially different exercises, you're like, you have pains in places you didn't think you knew existed. Like you didn't think you had muscles there. You do. Mm. Um, But like, especially for like our intermediate and advanced listeners, uh, workout wise, like, um, if you're not with the trainer anymore, uh, it's a great resource, but even just, you know, your own body. So like when you're doing that, make sure you're doing the movement prep still, uh, and then assessing like, how does everything feel? And if something feels off from your normal, like make sure that you're focusing on that for your mobility and, uh, flexibility training and like your movement prep. Uh, and Hmm. then just be a little bit careful, like. Don't go for your deadlift PR when, you know, your, your, your lower back and your, uh, your, your, uh, legs are just not feeling uh, up to it. Yeah. And like, like I mentioned before, it's kind of the point of having movement prep in your program is more or less to assess yourself for that session. Right. So yeah. it's a good chance. It's a good chance to see how able you are to get, actually get into those positions. And it's a good way to be, wondering if you should actually load them right away or if you need to be giving it some more time before you get to the point where you can actually load it. So uh, it, it's an important thing to do. 
Um, I see a lot of people in the gym just jump underneath the bar and uh, it's not really warming up at all. I mean, obviously, if you're just hitting the bar and then you're working your way up, you are warming up in a sense, but uh, movement prep is very important. Um, one yeah, point I'm, I want to do make. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, like most people are when you're starting out, like you, especially if you're on a bit of a time crunch. And I know, I know people were with the time blocks um, when the gyms were open recently, like you're, you have your hour or you have your hour and a half and you're wanting to just get in and get out as fast as you can. And you see a squat rack open up. You're not wanting to go like do your movement prep. You're probably just wanting to go straight to the squat rack, right? Yeah, exactly. Uh, Get it banging out. Exactly. Yeah. One, One thing I do want to point out though, is that you will get like a biphasic response when you start doing a movement prep routine at first. So, um, what that kind of means is you'll likely see a decrease in performance at first, um, just because you're obviously going to be changing something that you're doing before your actual workout itself. Um, but give it time, your body will adapt and your body will thank you and you'll see an increase in performance after. Um, so don't start panicking if you start changing it up and you're like wondering why you're feeling weaker. Uh, it just, it's part of the process. Yeah, exactly. Um, and I think like that's one of the areas people uh, can overreact, especially as you get like if you're advanced, uh, like relatively advanced, but don't necessarily have the uh, training or knowledge base to know what's going on with your body. It can be, you know, absolutely uh, terrifying hitting those plateaus because you're like, I feel like I'm doing everything right. Um, and then one of the things that might actually help that person is a bit of movement prep. But oh, yeah. He, you know, understanding that that biphasic response is there will kind of help them know that it's not making it worse uh, overall. You might have that uh, slight decrease initially, but overall it's going to help you in the long run. Yeah, it's just that initial adaptation, just your body trying to get used to the, uh, the new stress and like that new stimulation. And also you're going to be, it depends how you do it, but if you're doing it like giant set style, um, or if you're doing it like superset style, it might just be a little bit of like pre-exhaustion too, right? So if you're not used to doing that normally, it'll just take a little bit to work on your conditioning and your when your work capacity to actually be confident with it and actually be able to do it again. Yeah, exactly. But I would recommend uh, definitely have like Tanner mentioned before. Um, if you can't afford a PT now, like that's obviously understandable. But have a plan. Um, don't just go in and just send it like I was obviously joking earlier when I said full send <laughs> you, Same. <laughs> you, you need to know when to like when to send and when not to send it um obviously if you're decently experienced and you and you um are pretty confident and there's like a lot of movement competency then there's obviously a time and place to send it but um don't send it in regards of just like doing no warm-up and just get underneath the barbell yeah I think like a good way of looking at it for like when to send it is like um skydiving you think about all (laughs) the prep beforehand you need to like prepare like the the plane needs to be ready it needs to be inspected it needs to have a pilot you need to uh be checking your chute you need to be checking the bag your equipment everything else you got to check yourself to make sure that you're ready um and like at that point when everything is like checked and ready to go and you've double checked your parachute because that's the important part you know like uh same thing with working out like checking yourself multiple times once you're at that door the the plane doors have opened and you're ready to jump out of the plane that is when you full send 
And so, squ- so squatting is like skydiving. Yeah, exactly. Like when you're, there you go. but not even like squatting per se. It's the, <laughs> so you do like your, let's say your three like uh, workup sets. So you're working up to uh, the highest weight uh, and then you do it and that felt good. So you'd look at your buddy and you say, I think you can hit a PR today. And then you throw on like that extra little bit of weight and then you do it. And that is your full send uh with the proper uh, yeah, spotting and yeah, stuff right yeah yeah but I, I like the analogy the the checklist think about your warm-ups like your checklist for skydiving yeah exactly because otherwise you're gonna get really really hurt uh it's skydiving it will kill you and working out can kill you uh not as likely uh if something goes wrong but you're definitely gonna get injured if something goes uh uh doesn't go right point point is guys don't forget to pull your chute yeah always always pull your chute and always make sure you have a shoot yeah that's probably the biggest thing make sure you have your shoot on now now we're talking about spotting bars basically like uh, we're spotters uh now it's yeah the analogy though it makes sense you know what i i know this isn't an episode about spotters but like also make sure your uh parachute isn't an old canvas rag so that means make sure your spotter is actually like good uh sometimes the best spotter is actually just the good old trusty uh power rack where you have the proper pepper steel supports how to use it quite a few times yeah exactly like human human spotters aren't always the most reliable um but if you're dealing with especially like uh weights that like you know if i was doing like 150 pounds and i wanted to spot i definitely like let bryce spot me because a he knows how to spot but b it's a weight that you can easily do Mm there is when you're like doing like four, five hundred, uh, four hundred pound squats or whatever, you know, it's uh one of those things where maybe it, you like you always have two spotters instead, uh, but one of those things where like maybe the steel bars are are the better design there because like, uh, yeah. Yeah. definitely don't have one spotter because that one spotter probably can't do four hundred pounds themselves. Yeah, I, actually, my uh, the way that I ask for spotting has changed i used to ask for side spotting but i don't like having side spots for a squat just because it's really easy to have miscommunication yeah and to and to have like one person grab the bar way too soon um or have them both grab the bar way too soon or have them not grab the bar at all yeah it's true because they're like they're not on the same like frequency or the wavelength so I've definitely had one time or I've seen it happen too, where like one person will grab it way too fast. And then all of a sudden, like you're dipping the bar to one side and then the squat's done. Like, I don't know, like I, you, you definitely can't get it up at that point. So I would almost rather just have one spotter behind you that knows how to spot you and then just have the safety set. So that if, if you have to bail, you can bail. Um, just make sure that you actually know how to. Obviously, yeah. that's like that's that's a really important thing to know is like how to safely bail a squat. Yeah, exactly. That's like one of the areas where, uh, you know, if you're not going to see a personal trainer regularly, at least like do one session with them just for like uh, equipment safety and like learning how to bail and like talk to them about that. They're like, yeah, like I'm not planning on having a trainer, but I'd just like to know how to like safely do these things so that I can stay safe in the gym and like even some. Uh, depending on your gym if there's any uh workers there some of them if they have the proper training will also uh be able to like walk you through that 
yeah, lots, lots of them will walk you through it or lots of them will even be happy enough to even like spot you. Um, but yeah, no, it's, it's definitely like a very important skill to learn on how to, how to spot, um, and how to bail, uh, bail any lift, honestly. Like I'd say it's even important to know how to bail a bench. Um, oh, it's super. Yeah. Cause there's, there might be times where you think you got to wait and then you don't. So it's good to know what to do. And if that's the case, um, just for safety reasons, obviously. Right. So yeah. yeah. I mean, like, uh, I think a lot of people, <laughs> despite it being like, especially like with, uh, bench or squat, like, uh, or even a deadlift, like these are dangerous positions to, <clears throat> uh, potentially struggle in. So, mm-hmm. but like, then people are like worried as like the bar is stuck on their chest. They're worried about like dumping the weights to one side or something oh, yeah. like that. Cause they're like, well, it's going to make a loud noise and people are going to look at me and judge me. It's like, bro. Yeah. It's better to just get the weights yeah. off your chest. Uh, yeah. And, yeah. And yeah. like, if it's on your neck, like fucking throw, scream for help. Get. Yeah. Yeah. Get... Yeah. You're, yeah. You're, you're not leaving that down there. You're yeah, not. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> you're not going to yeah. have a good time. Yeah, if, if you're just gonna, it's yeah, like I said, it's a it's an important skill to learn. So, whether you know how to or whether you don't know how to, I would definitely take some time and just have somebody take you through proper squatting, proper um, spotting, sorry, and proper um, bailing techniques, because you don't think you need it until you need it. Exactly. Yeah. So, just one of those things to really be uh, careful and. Uh, be attentive of just going forward. It's something that I learned, but I've definitely had to use it in multiple scenarios where I've had to bail a movement with no one around. So you get yeah creative pretty fast. <laughs> yeah, you're like, I want to figure out a way. Um, and like, I know actually at our at our high school we had a a gym, and like I remember one time when this kid basically got like folded over like an accordion he was okay um because <clears throat> there wasn't like a whole lot of weight with the uh, squat but you know was that uh, i think uh i think that was sack oh at spa okay yeah yeah, yeah. so um <laughs> yeah getting getting folded over like that like it's super dangerous but it also shows you like why it's important to a lift at the weights that uh are safe for you but also if especially if you're trying to push yourself that you know how to properly bail and like not Dude, ego's ego right it's such a big thing yeah exactly so it's one of those things yeah but one of the last topics we're going to discuss today is mobility and flexibility just to wrap things up um, one of the things I'm going to talk about today is obviously stretching um, stretching is one of those things again that's often overlooked um, it's very useful, but it's also one of those things you have to be careful of to not overstretch. Um, if, especially if you have like an injury, there is definitely something known as overtreating. So stretching is definitely not always the answer. Um, if you're having to stretch or if you're having to do like um, dislocations on like a band, for example, a lot, um, look at your technique and look at positioning. Um, there's probably an underlying issue there versus always stretching or always doing like banded distraction techniques because that's not going to be a fix. It's like throwing 
tape on a bucket that's leaking a bunch of water. It's like it's the issue is still going to be there. So figure out what the root cause is. Um, get in to see a physio, RMT, or even have a PT um, assess your movement screen. That can be really helpful. Um, next one will be trigger pointing. So we kind of talked about it a little bit earlier, but um, lacrosse ball or foam rolling do have their place. But I would be careful to not over-treat. You don't want to be rolling around on a foam roller for like half an hour before your session, and you don't want to be rolling around on a foam roller for like half an hour after. Um, way more efficient to have a movement prep routine made and to do some stretching towards the end um, and then obviously having a little bit on your rest days. Um, but then there's two kind of things that I want to cover when it comes to your your active rest days. Um, so an active rest day would be like anything just to keep, your, keep active, keep moving, um, just on days that you're not exercising. So... A good example of this would be having a watch and keeping track of your steps, um, whether you're whether you have a watch or not. But just staying active, going on a regular amount of walks, especially if you work a job where you're fairly sedentary. Um, and then also having a like a movement routine for your days off. Um, I have found that I've been doing this recently, and it has been improving my recovery process. Just because you're going into the gym. And you're working through um, range of motion. You're challenging ROM, um, and then I'm also like taking my scaps through full range, um, just so that way I can actually get into those positions a little bit easier once it's time to the next day, um, versus just laying around on a foam roller. Yeah, and like I know you're gonna start calling me a puppy dog at this point because like the amount of times I'm gonna say it, I've said it like a dozen times in past episodes. Go for walks, like even if you're, you know, super active or you're just starting out, walks are one of the safest, easiest things you can do to stay active and get active. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's one of those things where, um, generally speaking, unless uh, there's something else going on uh, that needs to be addressed by like uh, physio or um, uh, personal trainer, just for movement prep, your, your walk is most likely, most likely not going to injure you like ever no no it's super low impact and like anybody can walk like just find a pace that's comfortable for you right yeah and like you know the movements like you you generally are a person who can walk if you're not someone who uh, can walk then disregard there's other activity mm-hmm. you can do but you know for the vast majority of the population that is totally something that is super doable that people are going to be able to do safely and uh, within their limits yeah, and you, it's easy to implement it in because you just have to go outside your house and walk around your block. Or um, if it's in the winter, maybe it might pose a little bit more of an issue. But uh, for the most part, it's an easy form of activity that is super low impact and is good for a various uh, amount of population of people, right? Whether it's people with more health concerns or it's people that are a little bit healthy or healthier, I mean. Um, you can do it for people with all experience levels and different training age for sure yeah and it's uh just one of those things like especially for active rest days like aim for that lower impact activity over like going and trying to run a 5k uh especially if that's not something that's like you're basically a leisure activity for you mm-hmm. so essentially like any activity that you would consider like leisurely like 
relatively easy to do that is still active could be considered mm. part of your active rest day. Yeah, I don't know. I'd say that like a very general term is it's like quote unquote light activity, right? Yeah, exactly. Anything anything that would classify as like light, light to moderate activity would be something that you could do on rest days. Yeah, and you like yeah. Uh, give that like objective measurements, because like you know a lot of people won't know what light or moderate or intense workouts really are. Like light is like easy to conversate. Like you're having a good time. Your heart rate's not getting like super elevated. Like, it's just, you know, it depends on your activity level. Like, if you're a relatively active person, you're doing marathons, you're doing triathlons, you're lifting basically a small, smart car uh, on your squat and deadlift days, then, you know, like, uh, your activity threshold will be higher in that light activity one. So, just yeah. know your body, yeah. know what whatever's easy for you, uh, and that can be considered part of your active rest day. Yeah. It's definitely better than just sitting on the couch if you can, and it shouldn't take that long. Like, you definitely don't have to be in the gym that long if you're going to the gym on on off days. Um, but even if you can't make it to the gym, like a 20-minute or half-an-hour walk can help so much. Yeah, exactly. So get a dog. Uh, that way you can go for walkies. Uh, <laughs> and you can follow, finally follow my advice to go for more walks. Or go with your uh, girlfriend or or a boyfriend or husband or wife or whatever it's a good time to to bond and get out too go with uh you know if you have roommates walk with them go like go with somebody that is technically still covid safe but if you're listening to this in the future go with uh someone who is whoever go go with your friend yeah, go with a hot girl go, or hot go guy. with a hottie Go with an absolute there you hottie. Go. A hottie with a body. There you go. That, well, after, that, co- after COVID. After COVID. After, after COVID, yeah. Okay. You know, you know, we need to have more first dates that are, uh, instead of coffee shops, they're walks. And by first there dates, I mean second dates, because I get it. First dates can be a little bit shady. Being like, hey, what to first come for a walk? Aw- first dates are always really awkward. Yeah, exactly. I, You know, That's honestly, what... like, I would not even judge a girl for being like, yeah, no, maybe I don't want to go for a walk with this dude. Cause like, <laughs> where, do, where do you usually walk? Like, usually it will take you away from a public space at some point. Yeah, I'm showing you a shortcut. I'm showing oh. you a shortcut. It's Purchase Park. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, no. I, uh, it's like more like a second date thing. Yeah, second date. I, I changed my right. mind. There you go, guys. But that's pretty <laughs> much it for uh, for this week. Just thought we would cover some injury prevention topics and uh yeah just hopefully you can stay active and stay healthy that's that's the whole gist exactly thank you so much for listening guys and we'll see you again in a couple weeks appreciate you guys thanks Thanks.